Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. You're listening to episode 10 of Calm Words for Anxious Hearts, a podcast that I hope is keeping you grounded and hopeful and calm during what I know can feel like a stressful or lonely or claustrophobic time. Our theme for the week is Resurrection Faith, which to build off the previous episode is not about what we do, but about what Christ has done and where the focus is not on our capacity to be faithful to God, but rather on God's promise to be faithful to us. For at the end of the day, that is what faith is all about. It's about resting in the promise of God to be faithful to God's people. And in the Bible, we are given so many wonderful images that capture this faithfulness on God's part. But today, I'd just like to explore one of my favorites, and that's the image of Jesus the Good Shepherd. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father." And I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Here ends the reading. When I was in seminary, I took a pilgrimage to the island of Iona, the birthplace of Celtic Christianity. Iona's beauty and history make it a thin place, a place where Heaven invades earth in a way that is too tangible to deny. And if you've never been, Iona is chock full of biblical metaphors. It's got raging winds and narrow paths and foaming seas and solid rocks and flowing hills and drooping valleys and, of course, sheep. Iona has tons of sheep. And I remember seeing this one lamb in particular that wandered outside her pen And when she realized that she was outside the fold, she started to panic. Now the gate, it was only 10 feet away, but the sheep wasn't smart enough to walk back through the gate. And so she tried running in circles, and then she tried running through the barbed wire fence, and none of that really got her back inside the pen. Meanwhile, the sheep inside the pen, they were all freaking out because a sheep's fear is contagious. Sheep need a shepherd. And in fact, 
whether or not a sheep has a shepherd, this is a matter of life and death for the sheep. When left alone, sheep will wander outside the pen and they'll get lost and they'll spin around in circles simply because they don't know what else to do. Sheep need a shepherd. And I'll be honest, I've always found it a little humbling that Jesus would compare us to sheep. After all, sheep are skittish and aloof. It's not uncommon for a sheep to wander off a cliff or to get tangled up in brush. They also have what's called a strong lead-follow tendency. One sheep moves and the others follow suit, even if it is right off a cliff. Their IQ is just below that of a pig, an animal whose deepest joy derives from wallowing in the mud. My point is that the relationship of a shepherd to his sheep is not a sentimental one. It's an essential relationship. For the sheep, this is a matter of life and death. Sheep don't have what it takes to make it on their own. They need a shepherd. And so here's the question I'd like to invite us to consider today. And that's what does it mean to say that we are Jesus's sheep? Or to flip that around, what does it mean to say that Jesus is our shepherd? And today what I hope to offer are three really simple but deeply hopeful and meaningful ideas. A shepherd speaks to his sheep. A shepherd leads his sheep. A shepherd protects his sheep. And so first, a shepherd speaks to his sheep. I read somewhere that sheep can remember human faces for years, and according to Jesus, they can distinguish between voices too. My sheep, Jesus says, hear my voice. I know my own, and my own know me. The point being made here is that Jesus wants his sheep to be able to tell when he is the one speaking. To affirm that Jesus is our shepherd is to acknowledge that Jesus speaks to us and that we can actually learn to hear Jesus' voice. And this is a skill we must cultivate. We're not born with it. A day comes when an infant learns she can trust the voice of her father, but before that day, he is just another man. In a similar way, hearing Jesus' voice is a learned skill, a skill that we acquire by soaking ourselves in Scripture and by sitting before God in silence and by spending time with people who have learned to hear Jesus' voice in their own life. But again, to say that Jesus is our shepherd is to affirm that Jesus is alive and that he speaks, which is an astonishing thing to say that as you live your life, that Jesus is always trying to get through and that he really wants to have a say in the affairs of your everyday life. And learning to hear Jesus' voice, this is work that only we can take on and I can't do that for you. But what I can do is give you three pieces of wisdom to get started. First, Jesus' intent in speaking to us is never to arouse feelings of guilt or shame. His intent is always towards reconciliation and forgiveness. Second, more often than not, Jesus will not tell you what to do. He'll just remind you who you are, God's beloved. I'm not saying that Jesus won't ever tell you what to do, but if all you hear is a command, a law, a must, a should, an ought, there's a good chance it's your own mental noise. 
And then three, Jesus' voice is never impatient. As we hear in Second Peter, with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. When Jesus speaks, he always speaks from the right hand of God and thus from an eternal perspective. And so the voice of Jesus is never impatient or panicked. And so again, learning to hear Jesus' voice, this is work that each one of us must take on. But rest assured, the point of Jesus' word is not to condemn you, but always to set you free. And that brings us to our second point. A shepherd leads his sheep. As the 23rd Psalm puts it, he leads me beside still waters. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. In other words, I lead them and not the other way around. Now, if you think about it, that is a scary idea, and it may even go against what we have grown up believing, because we tend to think that faith is about making our own plans and about charting our own course and then getting Jesus to assist us as we pursue our dreams and our wants and our ambitions. Lord, I want this job. Lord, I want my kids or my boss or my spouse to change in this particular way. Lord, I want this coronavirus to end sooner rather than later. Let's speed this up a bit. The three words that start so many of our prayers, Lord, I want. But like the lost sheep at Iona, whenever we pray only for that which we want, So often we find ourselves running in circles or worse, through a barbed wire fence. Because the truth is, so much of the frustration we often feel in our spiritual life, it all stems from the illusion that we're the ones leading, that we are the ones in control, and that we get to be the shepherd. But as the author of Proverbs noted long ago, the human mind may plan the way, but the Lord directs the steps. And sometimes God directs us away from the very thing we have set our heart on, especially when what we want is not what we need. And that is why we need a shepherd to lead us away from the idols we're pursuing and towards the greener pastures of the kingdom of God. Third, a shepherd protects his sheep. In fact, the image we're given in the Gospel of John is that we live in a world full of wolves, wolves that snatch sheep and scatter sheep. And yet in the midst of what is sometimes a very frightening world, we're told that there is a good shepherd who is with us and who protects us. You see, amidst life's insecurities, there is a security that Jesus wants us to feel. He wants us to know that every hair on our head is accounted for, and that nothing can happen to us that is beyond God's power to redeem. In other words, there is no wrong that God can't make right. In his letter to the Romans, Paul writes, For we know that all things work for the good of those who love God, for I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, I'm convinced, Paul says, that my life is held firmly in Jesus' hands 
and that no wolf will ever snatch me out of God's hands because Jesus won't let that happen. Jesus is my shepherd, and our shepherd protects his sheep. And so to recap, there are three things that all shepherds do. Shepherds speak, shepherds lead, shepherds protect. And so here is the million-dollar question. Can we trust that Jesus is doing this for us right now at this moment? Because the good news of the Christian gospel is not that Jesus is just some shepherd, but that he is the good shepherd and that he knows us by name and that Jesus has done something for us that no other shepherd would ever think about doing for his sheep, and that's die for them and rise from the dead. And that is what's so amazing about our faith. Jesus, our good shepherd, is also the lamb, the lamb who left his father's pen on purpose to seek and save a wayward flock, the lamb who gave himself over to the wolves so that sheep like us who wandered far away might be brought safely home. And so there will be times in life when it feels as if you have wandered outside the pen, maybe even running in circles trying to find your way back. The good news of the gospel is always that the gate is only 10 feet away and that your shepherd has not lost sight of you and that there are greener pastures and still waters to which you are being led. And so as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do not fear any evil or any wolf. For God's mercy and goodness shall follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so through